0: This is episode number 115 with Elisa Arvind. Oh my gosh, here is something telling me that I am actually, I can actually write this, my own story, that I can actually make a change, that whatever I put out can come back to me. And it is the thing that changed the course of my life. I have to be strong. So I was either gonna stay in this victim mentality or I was gonna be victorious. You can't be both. And in that moment, I decided to be a hero. I decided to be a heroine. I decided to be a shiro. I decided to put my big girl pants on and to go out there and to make the rest of my life the best of my life. I felt like I started... Getting to a place where I knew that my purpose in life was to be a voice for the voiceless. That I had to get to a point where one day I could share my story and I could share my struggles and talk about how to overcome them.
1: Welcome to Claiming Your Truth podcast. I'm your host, Franny Nicole. When we are born, we are not told about the struggles that life will present and how it will affect us within. Over time, we begin dealing with the frustration, the loss, the huge obstacles and roadblocks that life inevitably puts in our way. And for some, this is a breaking point. And for others, this is where they thrive. Each week, we'll bring you the breakdowns and breakthrough stories from some of the most influential people in their fields. It is these stories of redemption we hope will resonate, creating a space for that is powerful, productive, and life-changing. Because when it all comes down to it, all you have to do is claim your truth. Welcome, welcome. Claiming Your Truth podcast. Franny Nicole here. Beautiful Wednesday afternoon in Los Angeles, and hopefully it's beautiful wherever you are listening to this. Today I woke up with gratitude for everyone who listens to my podcast and that has supported me in this adventure of mine. I appreciate you, and I would love to hear from you, hear what you think of the show, how you if it could be better any ideas for topics or even guests I would love to hear from you all I see you see the different cities that are listening and shout out to my one Spain listener I I appreciate everyone in all the cities that do listen. And I love you guys. So if you guys want to slide into my DMs, Franny Nicole on the go, and just let me know what you think. And I'll try to put your questions or anything that you guys have to say on the next show. I appreciate, you know, your suggestions, recommendations, or just any comments that you may have. I look forward to hearing from you. So this week, I chose the mantra of this too shall pass and this too shall pass brings me back to my childhood just growing up in general when anything that was going on in my life that I felt I couldn't get through I couldn't you know the moment was just too big for me where I felt like it was never going to pass I just remember my mom always saying just remember this too shall pass and it used to make me so angry because it didn't feel like it would don't moments feel like they're never going to end until they do and this version of me wasn't built overnight this is experience this is pain this is insecurities it's abuse it's depression i had to go through things to get to the level i'm at now i got through it all and those moments in my life did actually pass so let this serve as a reminder to you whatever you're feeling right now whatever your current disaster of the month or debacle of the year is it'll eventually subside. The result may not be ideal, and it may still pain for you to think about, but the power of your emotions surrounding it will weaken. One day, you'll look back on June 12th, 2019, or whenever you happen to be listening to this episode, and be blissfully unable to connect with that current problem you're having, or whatever was troubling you during that time. It may pass like a kidney stone, but it'll pass. So always remember that this too shall pass. I'm super excited to introduce today's guest, Alisa Arvind. Alisa Arvind is a life coach, leadership expert, prior White House journalist, international speaker, energy healer, and intuitive. Alisa helps people achieve success, follow their soul's calling, and step into their power so they can live a life of purpose and impact. Welcome to the show, Alisa. Thank you for having me, Franny. And Alisa, you're the author of the book that just came out, Era of Femininity. How does it feel to be a published author? It feels
0: really amazing, especially because, you know, this is my baby. It's something that I spent so much time pouring into and kind of like blood, sweat and tears and all of it. I went through my own personal healing journey as I was writing the book and it really took me four years. You know, I mean, some people write a book in like a month, some people write it in two weeks or 30 days or It literally took me four years and it's because every year I thought I was done with the book and I wasn't. I wasn't because it was my own journey, my own life's journey and my journey of healing. But then after that, teaching people how to get from feeling powerless into becoming a powerful person and how to step into your you know your divine self how to connect with your higher self how to make an impact and really be a vessel
1: for your purpose in life i think that's great and so Thank inspiring you. and your story is so sad and humbling you know you think that you i mean not that my story it doesn't mean it's not valid but just to hear what you went through just makes i'm it makes me grateful for the life that i had what inspired you to write the book it's so crazy because I've known that I've
0: ha- I needed to write this book. It's just something that I knew this inner voice deep in me would just keep telling me that there's a book that needs to be written. But it wasn't until I went to a book signing when I was living in San Francisco in 2014 that was a confirmation. So I was in, you know, this book signing was not a regular book signing. It was in a bar. Um, later at night and there was this man who was reading his book and his book was also his journey of life but he was reading all these stories and all his stories were so vulnerable and all the crazy things he's done in his life and I remember thinking at that point like how does a person have the courage to be so vulnerable How does a person have the courage to share their deepest, darkest secrets? That's scary, you know, because especially in the world we live in and our Instagram and our Facebook and everything that we put out there in social media, it's so filtered. We want everybody to see like us as being perfect. It's this perfection, this facade that we like put out there. And here was this man literally just like letting it all out. And I was just sitting there listening to him in awe at, how he was able to do that. And it was in that moment that I told myself that I needed to find my voice and I needed to become a person who could heal myself in such a way where I could then share my story and let people know that they're not alone and that through my journey, they can see themselves and they can see that You know, if I could get through it, they can too.
1: I think that is incredible, especially once you start sharing your story. People will definitely have compassion for what you went through and see that they can take what they're going through, maybe not as bad or even worse or whatever, how they relate to it. And they feel that they can get through it as well. Mm
0: -hmm. I agree. I mean, in the end, I believe that we are all one. No matter what, as humans, we all want to be loved. We all want to be seen You know, we all want to be accepted. And so there is this universal truth that we all live in. And whether people have been in my journey personally, they have their own journey. It's all so similar. The heartaches are similar. The pains are similar. Us learning how to set boundaries for ourselves is similar. Us loving ourselves is similar. Being able to accept ourselves, all of those things. It's our, ju- our, our human journey. yeah. And so those are the things that I talk about. And so I feel like there is a universal truth that no matter what your story is and where you come from and the struggles you've been through, someone out there has been through something similar.
1: Yeah, I find that we all are going down a path together. It's mm-hmm. just the choices that we make or how we react mm-hmm. to events that happen to our life and how we, res- how we look at the perception of life.
0: Absolutely, I agree.
1: So let's go back to your childhood and how like how you the some of the stories that are in your book and what inspired not inspired you but what you had to let go of. So
0: you know, you've read my book and yeah. you've heard me speak, but for people who don't know, I really thought I had the perfect childhood until I was 10 years old. You know, my we were living in Dallas, Texas at the time and my parents were fighting a lot. My dad, my parents had a business in Thailand, though we lived in Dallas. And so my dad was taking a trip to Thailand and told my mom you know let's try to rekindle this like our marriage let's try to make it work and so he was flying to thailand first for work and she was supposed to go a few days later anyways she comes into my room late at night one day and tells me you know gives me a good night kiss and says i'm gonna be leaving for a few weeks she was gonna go on this trip and she's like this is kathy's number if you need anything call her and i look at her and i like love her so much and i'm just like go enjoy yourself We are going to be fine. My oldest brother was supposed to take care of us while she was gone. And that was literally the last time I ever heard from her. You know, she, instead of getting on the flight, she ran away. And they say that there is a moment in your life that changes the course of your entire life. That defying moment. And this was it for me because after that, my life completely changed. Instead of like this picture-perfect life that I thought that we had in Dallas, Texas, my dad flew us to Thailand and dropped me in this religious cult where my voice was taken away from me. You know, I was engaged at the age of 12 and I was married as a child bride. And I was married for 12 years. And I've pretty much been through hell and back through that. I don't really want to go into it, but it's really about listening to your intuition that's the one thing that i can say that has taught me the most in my life is in my intuition from day one always told me that i deserved better my intuition always told me that i was meant for more that this that there was something wrong here and even though it was all i knew i kind of had a glimpse of what life was before the cult and i knew that i needed to make it better And after 12 years, my son, I had my son soon after my marriage and he was 11 at the time. I started having these crazy nightmares and it was because, you know, everything that started for me, everything that changed for me, I was engaged and all the bad things that started happening was around that age. And so it started coming out again. You know, as humans, we suppress the darkness so that we can survive and something triggers, all of a sudden when something triggers, it, it starts coming back up again. And so that was my son turning 11. It started triggering all these different things. And I just knew something wasn't right. I was crying in my sleep. I was screaming in my sleep. I would wake up like with like night sweats and everything. And this is all along while you were still married? All while I was still married. And then somebody gave me the book, The Secret. And that was literally something that changed everything. And, you know, they say your mindset is your mind is so powerful that you're able to manifest things. And it was in The Secret that I read for the first time that was kind of like a light bulb moment. I was, it was kind of like shocking that, oh my gosh, here is something telling me that I am actually, I can actually write this, my own story, that I can actually make a change that whatever I put out can come back to me. And it is the thing that changed the course of my life. I feel like after that, I started practicing mindfulness. I started practicing the law of attraction. I started trying to only remain positive i tried to all of these things that i had just learned all of these new skills i was putting them into practice i was finally listening to audiobooks i was reading more i was you know whereas growing up i was never really allowed to read they wanted to keep us so suppressed and so in the cult and the community we were in so that we don't have access to the outside world. And now that I was finally reading this and I was educating myself in this way, things started changing. My life started changing. I started attracting people who showed up into my life as angels. And then in September of 2012... Were you still in Thailand during this time? No, we were already living in Dallas or in Sacramento at the time, in Sacramento, California. And I always say that if I was still living in Thailand, I would still have been there. We were living in Sacramento, California at the time and I had a span of three hours. My in-laws lived with us and they were always in the house that we lived in. And so on this one day in September was the Labor Day weekend, September 2012. I had a span of three hours where nobody would be home. And I called my new friends and I said, I'm, I need to leave. They came over, we packed a few of my things and I ran away and never looked back. And in that moment, Franny... I remember how much the fear was. The fear pretty much overtook me. It was paralyzing, but I knew that I had to make a choice, that I had to make a decision. I could either choose to live in that fear or choose to step out in faith which is just as scary and maybe even scarier because yeah. I didn't know how I was going to survive. I had an 11 year old child who I knew I was never going to leave. I knew I was going to take him with me, but I didn't know how to do anything. Here I was a voiceless woman, you know, trying to step out on her own. But I knew that I had to dare. I had to take the risk. And that no matter what, if I failed, at least I knew that I tried. Yeah. And so we ran away. We left. And it wasn't all sunshines and cupcakes. You know, I can't say, oh, my gosh, my life completely changed and turned around. It was perfect after that. It really wasn't. I was in a really dark and deep depression for a year
1: where did Um, you go i mean i'm fearful just hearing you talk about it i can't even put myself in your place to think about the feeling you went Mm -hmm. through That's very courageous to walk away from something like that That, when that's all you know Mm
0: -hmm. you know the, the thing that was hardest was having to make a decision that once i ran away i would lose everybody I would lose my family I would lose my brothers that I loved so much I would lose my community I would lose my cousins and my aunts and my uncles and I was raised in a really big family and I knew that if I left because I did try telling them I did try talking to them and telling them you know I want to file for divorce and I can't be here anymore and I can't do this and that was pretty much what they told me once you're gone you're gone And so when I decided to leave, my brother pretty much told everybody that I'm dead to them. Oh, my goodness. And so I felt like I was in this mourning period. I was like mourning, but I was mourning the loss of my entire family and my entire community. But how do you mourn people who are still alive? You know, mourning a a person who's dead is hard enough. But here I was mourning all the people I loved. Because they chose not to, to be there for you anymore absolutely to them i was a sinner to them i was going to go to hell cuz i left i left my husband i was filing for divorce i was leaving the community i was leaving the religion you know so to them i they wanted nothing to do with me i was the black sheep of the family of the community and so i remember like i would wait for my son i would like play this role of like happy person role which i was so good at playing at the time but i remember the moment i would put my son to sleep i would like turn on the music really loud in the bathroom so that he wouldn't hear me crying and turn on the shower and like literally just like sit in the bathtub you know as water is pouring down through me and just I wouldn't be able to stop I would just sob for hours and hours and hours and be like why am I even here this can't be my life like this just can't be it and I remember one day like after I was done crying for so long and I just there were no tears left I got up and I turned off the shower and I pulled my towel and I wrapped it around me and I looked in the mirror and I saw like my reflection and it was just this woman with like crazy mascara running down her face and snot all on her face and just really scary looking (laughs) and just being like no this is not me I am not gonna give up I made this decision i decided to run away i decided to save us i have to be strong so i was either going to stay in this victim mentality or i was going to be victorious you can't be both and in that moment i decided to be a hero i decided to be a heroine i decided to be a shiro i decided to put my big girl pants on and to go out there and to make the rest of my life the best of my life And so that changed everything, that moment of seeing myself and seeing myself in the mirror, looking like this crazy maniac, you know, some, they say that there are blessings in your darkest moments because it is then that you get to choose whether you're going to give up and you're going to give in, or you're going to give it all you have.
1: And I really decided that I was going to give it all I had. What was one of the things that you said to yourself in your lowest moments to get you, you know, to Um, that victorious mentality?
0: I used to listen to Oprah. I used to listen to Joel Osteen. I used to listen to Les Brown. I used to listen to all the great people. And they all have a story. I used to listen to Maya Angelou. And Maya Angelou, you know, she has a story. She didn't speak for years because she was molested. And she, you know, went through a phase where she thought that when she spoke that it was a curse and so listening to all these people's stories, I felt like they were talking about me. And the more I listened, the more it gave me hope. Because in that moment, in, in those times, my inner critic was so loud that I couldn't even talk myself through it. I wasn't strong. I was a very weak woman. And I could never talk myself through it. And so what I would do was, you know, I would just pour into me. It was like something I would turn on so that I could shut off my own mind. I could shut off my own inner critic. And my inner critic was my father telling me I was nothing. My brothers telling me that you would amount to nothing. My mother telling me you're selfish. That was my inner critic. It was the voices of all these people that were in my life who had said all these terrible things about me that became my identity. And so for me to shut that off, I would have to put other people's voices to fill myself up. And once I started getting stronger, you know, there wasn't a moment in my life in that year that I didn't put something on. Whether I was driving, whether I was showering, whether I was at home, in every spare moment that I had, something was playing. Because that was how dark and deep and depressing my life was. Like, so like positive affirmations yeah, or all of it. motivational speakers. All of it. Motivational speakers, sermons, you know, Joel Osteen just talking about like, and I'm not Christian, I'm not Catholic, and I'm not, I was in a point where I was no longer religious. But it was very spiritual. It was all about how, you know, you can do it and God has your back and you're not alone and there is a higher power out there and something beautiful will come out of the darkness, and there is a light at the end of the tunnel, and that you just have to keep believing, hold on to hope, and have faith, and pray, and know that this too shall pass, and that was what I was holding on to so tight, I would just be like, this will pass, this too shall pass, you know.
1: I say that, I mean, obviously my life is not, and there's no comparison, but I say that It's that's how I got through my divorce that's how I got through you know I'm a single mom so when I have those bad moments Mm -hmm. it's so powerful this too shall pass because it will you will wake up one day and it won't you won't be living in that moment anymore I remember you saying in the last speaker event that you did when people say take it day by day and you're like no you have to take it moment by moment and it's so true because there's so many things that can happen to you in one day Mm -hmm. how can you take things day by day if you have to take it moment by moment absolutely because in a moment something can change
0: absolutely and i remember during that time franny was like a roller coaster ride one moment i was on this high like oh my gosh i did it i got out of it the next moment i was so low like in the deepest darkest depression thinking like my gosh if i just could die if I could just not be here, if I could just stop this pain, you know, there were so many moments that I literally just wanted to go. I wanted to be gone. I no longer wanted to exist. And it was only because I knew I had my son. And through my life, through all the struggles, he's been the one thing that's kept me going. That I cannot leave him the way my mother left me. I cannot leave him. And if I leave him, then they're going to get him again. I don't ever want him to live that life. And so even when it's dark and deep, and I'm always like, I can't leave him. I can't do this to him. Him. I'm all he has I have to be strong for him so he saved you without oh without doing anything just his presence he saved me so many times I know for a fact that he is my earth angel he truly is
1: <laughs> so you went from living in Sacramento you um, ran away. Where did you go from there like where how did your mm-hmm. life you say saying that first year yeah. you lived in a depression but after mm-hmm. that year where did your life pick up from there yeah like, how so did you, you you started from scratch i really
0: did i really started from scratch you know i had to learn everything i barely knew how to go to the bank and deposit a check and basic things that people knew how to do i didn't know how to do after that i was very blessed that i had my friend Jamie, she was a co worker of mine, and she was a very strong woman. And in that year, her and her family, her and her husband, and her kids, you know, really kind of took us in. They supported us so much emotionally in ways that I needed. You know, she showed me that I could become powerful. She showed me that a woman can do it all and have a man support them and be loved and have a career and be successful. And so I believe that when we make a decision that God sends people into our life to help us in those darkest times when we are weak and so I don't believe we have to do it all by ourselves but I do believe we have to make a decision and so I moved from I went to Folsom California which is like an in Sacramento itself but kind of on the outskirts of Sacramento moved to Folsom And I was working for the state of California at the time. I was working as a tax technician, barely making like $1,600, which was barely covering rent or anything. And so that was like a struggle. But the crazy thing of it all is that I kept my faith. I kept believing that if this is what I've been led to do, that something amazing will happen. And a few months later, like maybe six months later, I applied um, applied for a promotion, which I got you know, definitely increased my pay to from a substantial amount and decided that we needed to start fresh. So I got a transfer to San Francisco, lived there for a few years. uh, And that was when I met with a therapist for the first time. And when I met with a therapist for the first time, I was finally starting to share all the things that I'd suppressed you know, being molested and being a child bride. And I'd never told anybody about any of these things. It was the first time I was actually speaking it out. And it felt like a huge weight was lifted off of me. When someone looked at me and believed me, and that's the thing, it was like she saw me. I'd never never felt seen before. I felt like I could never talk about this and I could never tell anybody this because they would look at me like I was weird. They would look at me like I was crazy, like some freak, you know, who was engaged at 12 and married so young. Like I was so scared of the judgment. And here was this woman who was my therapist who was looking at me like, Alisa, you know, this is not your fault you know you're really powerful, you know you're so strong, like you got through this and look at you today. Like someone was speaking life into me. And after I started talking about it to her, I just felt like my life took a shift. It was like I felt like I started getting to a place where I knew that my purpose in life was to be a voice for the voiceless that I had to get to a point where one day I could share my story and I could share my struggles and talk about how to overcome them. What I did to get me from where I was to where I wanted to be, but I wasn't there yet. I just knew that one day I would be. And so, you know, I went back to school to become a journalist. That's a whole other story. You heard about how my son supported me in that. And I graduated with a 4.0 GPA, and here I was, you know, being raised as a woman in the culture that I was not having a voice, being told that I was stupid and dumb and that I would amount to nothing and nothing will come out of me. And I was proving everybody wrong. I was proving myself wrong because that's what I believed for so many years. And a month after I graduated, you know, I reported from the White House as part of the White House press corps during the Obama administration. And I traveled with the Obama administration. I was in Poland. I was in Spain. I was doing all these things that never in a million years I would have thought that I could. And in each moment, my inner critic was so loud, Franny He kept telling me, Alisa, you're a fraud. Someone is going to see and they're going to know that you're, this is not you. They're going to know and they're going to you know, point out that you're not meant to be there. And again, in those moments, I would like get into the power pose. I just watch a TED talk that said, you know, if you get into the power pose and stand like you're a superhero. I love the power pose. (laughs) Yeah, you automatically feel this energy and you automatically feel this powerful. And every time those moments came on, I would look in the mirror and I would stand in the power pose and say, Alisa, you're the shit. You're the boss, bitch. You're going to go out there and you're going to prove them wrong and you're going to make the rest of your life the best of your life. And you're going to do this. And so those things, those moments helped me so much. And anytime I felt those crazy butterflies in my stomach and just that nervousness, you know, being worried that I would fail or I would stumble or I would stutter or I wouldn't be able to perform. I would close my eyes and meditate and take a few deep breaths and calm the crazy butterflies and instead of having them fly all over the place i would make sure they were flying in formation and so that's pretty much what my book is really about it's not just about my journey of being you know this suppressed girl but also how to step into your power and how to connect with your guides and how to connect with your higher self and how to really live your purpose Because that's what we're all meant to do. We're meant, we're here for a reason. We're all so unique and the world tries so hard to conform us. But once we understand how to tap into our personal power, that's when we can really achieve greatness.
1: And you're living proof of it. I mean, to go from a child bride to working on the Obama administration, it's unbelievable. You did it. Yeah. I don't want to discredit myself whatsoever, but I am here thinking like if I would have gone through something like this, I don't know if I would have survived it. And I feel like I'm a strong person, but here you have this strength that it's just like a superwoman, Thank because you. it's just words hurt, and for you to say that, even though you were a journalist and on in Poland and Spain, you still had that mm-hmm. critic so loud, mm-hmm. and you felt like a fraud. I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of people that are successful. Mm-hmm still battle with that every single day that inner critic and they can feel like a fraud and they're they they are doing their dream and they're doing their passion but they still have that story that they're suppressing or that trauma and that could break them just even though they're successful even though they're living their dream Mm -hmm. it's those words that stick with you
0: Absolutely. And that's why it's so important for us to take the time to turn our inner critic into our best friend, you know, and we can do that once we start sitting down and just observing. A lot of times we don't do that. you know, people who are in a dark space, they try to use alcohol or drugs or shopping or going out and doing all these things to avoid hearing and avoid sitting with the darkness. But the only way the darkness can change is if you take the time and sit with it and say, I hear you and I understand you, but you no longer have space in my life. And once you start doing the rituals and the exercises of changing your inner critic and turning it into you know a voice that only talks beautiful things to you only gives you positive affirmations that changes everything then you can really achieve anything you want to then you can really go really go for it you know I know there are still times where I didn't go for it where I was like I don't think I can do it
1: well, it's like you look at life differently now mm-hmm. when you're in a positive mental state you can achieve anything absolutely Absolutely
0: and so yeah. I love that. I love helping people get to that part that point because you know, we all go through our own struggles and we all go through hardships and that's something that we all have in common. The common denominator is that life is not easy, but we can choose to focus on the beautiful things and we can choose to be kind to ourselves and love ourselves through our our hardships. We can love ourselves through the days that we don't look so good, and we don't feel so good, instead of being mean to ourselves and being that inner critic and saying, "You Alisa, you can't get out of bed today. You're so lazy. You're never going to do anything. You're, you know, going to amount to nothing. You're so dumb, you're so stupid." Instead of allowing that Be kind to yourself and say, you've been through a lot. It's okay to take a day. It's okay to take a sick day. It's okay to take a moment. It's okay to breathe. It's okay that you're feeling this. And kind of mother yourself. You know, be kind to yourself. Love yourself the way a loving mother would love you. Because we all have that inner child that wants to be loved, even as adults. And so when we know and we start mothering ourselves, When we start talking positive things to ourselves and saying, if you need this day, it's okay, I get you. And if there are days where the only thing that you are able to do is shower, you know, then you tell yourself, I'm proud of you. You got out of bed today. You did it. You did something. Baby steps. Baby steps. It really is all about it.
1: What are you... So you had this whole transformation in the White House and this journey. What are you working on now? The book is out. What is Elisa doing now? I feel
0: like I'm really just starting you know I feel like my life is really just starting I am I have such big goals and such big aspirations I know that I put so much into my book and now it's the time for me to nurture it and a lot of times we think well the book is written it's now out what's what's the next thing you know it's kind of like when you give birth to a child you don't just say I've given birth to a child that's it now what's the next thing you have to nurture your child you have to feed it you got to you got to take care of it you got to love on it so that it can grow and so my I feel like my path right now is to have my book grow have it in the hands of more people have it heal people Uh, My goal is really to have my book read by one million people. That's my goal. And I feel like it's very attainable. I don't know how it's going to happen, but I just have to have faith that if I was led to write this book and if I was a vessel for this higher power to write through me, that a way will be
1: shown as well. It will happen. Absolutely. It sounds like everything you put your mind to in the last... 10 years has happened for you even if it was painful it is it's all happened for you which is incredible
0: thank you so i find like
1: a lot of people they if they don't see results quick they give up Mm -hmm. and they own this this won't happen Mm -hmm. for me or they don't even begin because Mm -hmm. it looks hard right or the journey is going to be hard I just told you about me, I started a new job and it's scary Mm -hmm. and I'm not going to see results quickly, but the long run is what I'm looking at, the bigger picture. And I think a lot of people in today's society have that quick, you know, next day if they don't see results next day, whether it's working out or losing weight or just any type of a life Mm -hmm. change, they give up.
0: Yeah. It's very much instant gratification. Yeah. You know, that's the world we live in and life though is not a race it's a marathon it takes a while and there are all these hurdles that come up but just as you fall you know you have to get back up and even if you need a day to be in that darkness to be in that sadness it's okay and then you get back up again and you keep going and you keep going and you keep going and then you you have and you surround yourself with people who can help you yeah you surround yourself with those who can lift you up when you don't have the energy to go on. And that's why it's so important. And they say, you know, Jim Rowan says that you are like the five people you spend the most time with. And so it's so important for us to see who are the five people we're spending our time with. Are they someone we want, we aspire to be like? Do they have beautiful personality traits? Or are they negative Debbie Downers? Because trust and believe that's what you're going to become. And so when you start surrounding yourself with people who see greatness in you and on days where you can't support yourself, you have support. You have a support system. And that's so important to keep in place.
1: I think that's very true because referring to myself in that, I've shed more friends in the last six months than I ever have just because the... People who you think are your friends are your enemies. Mm-hmm. They don't want to see you do well mm-hmm. or they hold you back or they're not supportive. Mm-hmm. And it's like the people who you think are closest to you aren't. No. They're not rooting for you. Mm-hmm. They're close to you, but they're not rooting for you. Right. And I think when you realize who they are, mm-hmm. you have to set them free because Absolutely. you won't succeed if they're by your side. Because those people will do everything in their power, but it may, sometimes without them even knowing they're mm-hmm. doing it to for you not to succeed absolutely and it could be that you're left with two friends but those two friends are going to be the ones Mm -hmm. that are going to help you soar
0: absolutely and i agree with that completely you know i mean my whole family my community nobody supports me and i've realized that family doesn't have to be blood a lot of times what i've seen is strangers are the ones who have helped me the most and it's so important for us to ask ourselves how someone makes us feel. You know, our body will give us the answer. And so when we start using our body as a a compass and start using our intuition as a compass, it helps us in so many situations and it helps us get out of things so much faster than when we don't listen to it and then we go against it.
1: You waste your time and energy Mm -hmm. and love and... When your body was giving you the answer right away. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, some people can trigger you. Some people make you anxious.
0: Some people, and I think those are signs. Those are telltale signs of whether this feels good or not. You know, and it's so important for us to honor our needs and to honor the divine that's inside of us. Because as we honor ourselves, that's how people are going to treat us. People treat us the way we treat ourselves. So if we're abusing ourselves, people are going to feel that energy and then you're going to be attracting all these abusers. Yeah. I mean,
1: (laughs) I feel like we all have a phase in our life or people who just have that lifestyle where they don't respect themselves. So Mm -hmm. everyone around them don't respect, Mm -hmm. they don't have respect for them. And Mm -hmm. then they play that victim card. Mm -hmm. Well, no one respects me. And Mm -hmm. this is just no and they blame everyone Mm. they blame the world for Mm. everything that has happened to them but it's like well if you know when you don't love yourself or have Mm. self-worth
0: absolutely
1: you know there's people who are like energy vampires Mm. like they seek out the weak and they want to be around your kind Mm. to abuse you
0: absolutely i agree you know and that's something that i was having a conversation with a friend with is the energy vampires that you were talking about you know ask yourself that after you're with someone do you feel energized or do you feel drained because if you feel drained then it's not a good partnership it's not a good relationship it's not a good friendship and so it's so important for us to ask ourselves is this relationship feeding me or is it draining me and i think that in itself the the problem is as humans we want a, we want an exact situation, like a bad situation to happen before we leave a toxic environment. Yeah. But we don't need that. Why do we wait until things get so bad? Why do we wait until shit hits the fan? Yeah. When your body's literally telling you, like, I can't do this. This is not good. I don't feel good. If we just listen to it the moment we feel it, we would save ourselves so much trouble and so much heartache and
1: so much pain. Yeah, for an example, I had a friend who I loved dearly. We're no longer friends. It's been a year exactly. Mm-hmm. And she was so toxic in my life. Mm-hmm. And everyone told me, but I was like, no, I'm there for her. I'm the, all she has. Mm-hmm. She treated me so badly, mm-hmm. but I was still, I'm a kind person. Mm-hmm. And a part of me wants to save people. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, I'm going to help them and I'm going to help them change, mm-hmm. transform, like have their transformation. But it started turning me into where. I was happy when I would leave hanging out with her. Mm-hmm. I was sad or depressed mm-hmm. or just didn't feel good about myself. Mm-hmm. And it took me a long time, like three yeah. years of being friends with her, that it took a traumatic, mm-hmm. uh, a huge event for me mm-hmm. to have the courage to walk away. Right. Because I used that mm-hmm. as an excuse She's, to top, stop mm-hmm. talking to her. I was like, exactly. finally... I have, I have a reason, a reason. <laughs> to say i can't talk to you anymore right. because i was so scared right i was so scared to leave someone who i felt was a good person mm-hmm. and i wanted to see the goodness in her mm-hmm. but she of it was toxic exactly but I was giving her the benefit of the doubt and I think a lot of people who are like me who are like us Mm -hmm. who see the good in people Mm -hmm. and that aren't good people Mm -hmm. that we I don't want to say naive but Mm -hmm. we have hope in them and they let us down and then it starts to rub off on us yeah you know I started accepting things that I wouldn't wouldn't normally accept of how people treat me Mm -hmm. and it wasn't until I let go of her friendship and it was really hard Mm -hmm. because there was was a time where I felt like I didn't have anyone to talk to absolutely and but then my life started changing like different people were around me and supportive people and I was like wow if I still had this friend I wouldn't have found my supportive group Mm -hmm. that were just like me she Mm -hmm. was like the the vampire Mm -hmm. that was keeping the people who would actually love me and care for me away absolutely
0: absolutely absolutely because I mean if you are having negative people around you you're so filled up with all these negative people it's only once you start letting go of the negative are you making space for better people to come in yeah you know and so yeah I completely feel you and I'm sure there's so many people who are in the same situation or have experienced the same situation where they feel like they don't know how to get out of this toxic relationship or friendship yeah. and they're looking for a reason But what I'm saying is we don't need a reason. You know, saying no is a superpower. It's amazing. It it really is. Saying no is a superpower. And I know for me, for example, I was the good girl. I felt like I had to say yes to everybody because I wanted people to see me as a nice person, as a good person. But... What is the point in being the good person when you're not good to yourself? You're allowing people to walk all over you and treat you horrible and you have zero boundaries. You know, people respect those who respect themselves. And so it's so important as humans for us to set a boundary and say, you know, this is what is acceptable to me and this is not. And once we start standing up for ourselves and speaking our truth, people start respecting us as well.
1: Yeah, because why would they treat us better than the way we treat ourselves? Absolutely. And if they can use you and abuse you, why wouldn't they? If they can
0: get you to do everything for them, why wouldn't they? You know?
1: You're just surrounding yourself with horrible people Mm -hmm. at that point. And you're not realizing it because you're treating yourself that way. Mm -hmm. So you don't notice other people who are treating you the exact same Mm -hmm. way. It's not until you accept your self-worth or validate Mm -hmm. yourself and... Mm -hmm know that you're better that's when you start realizing the people around you aren't good for you
0: absolutely and you know it comes down to this like if you are so good to yourself and you love yourself so much you enjoy being in your own company right so you don't necessarily feel a need for someone else to be in your life if they are it's a bonus it's like the dessert Yeah. you know it's not the food because you're already filled up but if you have if you if there's extra room and you have dessert that's amazing. If you don't have dessert, you're still you're cool. You're still full and you still had a great meal and so that's the way I look at it is if we are already so full, if we already fill ourselves with so much self-love and we are so kind to ourselves, we're not needy to have people in our life. And so when someone treats us worse than they than we treat ourselves, we no longer have a tolerance for them. But if some And then, then we only start attracting people who treat us better than we treat ourselves or who treat us the way we treat ourselves. And so that's where the pendulum will swing. So it's very important as well as people for us to look at our surroundings. Are we happy with the people that we have right now? Because that's really a reflection of ourself, you know. And so that's a way to also see like, I guess I have to work on myself a little bit more. If this is the people I'm still attracting, if I'm still attracting narcissistic people, if I'm still attracting people who are not treating me well, what does that say about me? Am I treating myself in that way? And how can I be better to myself then? What needs to heal inside of me? why do I still feel a need for this person or this type of energy
1: yeah I remember once I started shedding Mm -hmm. the toxic people in my Mm -hmm. life and starting to think of myself more people who were the I'm trying to think of how to put it The right people were coming into my life without Mm. even trying. Like, Mm. I was in the right place at the right Mm. time, and I couldn't believe it. I couldn't Mm. believe how am I meeting so many amazing Mm. people when all I craved were these people. Absolutely. And it wasn't until I started thinking that I was amazing, Mm. that the amazing people were. And when I say amazing, I don't think, like, oh, I'm so amazing. Right. It means, like, I love myself. It wasn't until that I loved myself that people around me started changing that they were at a higher level. Mm-hmm. They were just like me at a higher level. And it was Absolutely. all of a sudden everywhere I go, mm-hmm. everywhere, I'm meeting these people and I'm like, yeah. Where have you been? Right. Have you been in hiding? <laughs> just like, Surprise, you love right. yourself, here we are. Yes. And it's just like, but then at the same time, there's those other side and there's mm-hmm. those toxic people where for 32 years of my mm-hmm. life have been, you know, sucking everything mm-hmm. out of me and mm-hmm. then it was finally last year I was like no mm-hmm. I'm done and then now in the last year I feel like wow I wasted so much time mm-hmm. trying to get validation from people who didn't give a shit about me. Absolutely. And now I have a group of people who, you know, are supportive mm-hmm. and support everything that I mm-hmm. do and we support each other. I look forward to the rest of my life yeah. because before I hated it. Mm-hmm. I hated and that was one of the reasons why I started this podcast. Because mm-hmm. I wanted to help others because I needed to help myself. Mm-hmm. You know, by helping others, I was going to be able to gain from that. Absolutely. And I truly believe by letting go of the toxic people, mm-hmm. actually loving yourself first. Yes. And allowing yourself to realize that the people around you may not be good for you. Mm-hmm. And you'll watch instantly. Yes. That the people who should be in your life will come out and or are already there. Absolutely. And you just don't know.
0: Absolutely. I agree completely.
1: It's I always feel like, oh, the universe works in mysterious ways. Like you control it. Yeah. You control everything. Absolutely. You are the creator of your own life. You know, so if you're the creator of your own life, what are you creating? Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like Mm -hmm. a lot of people. They just want to blame the universe mm. like, oh, well, this is how I was raised and this is how my life is going to be. It's like, well, that's what it's becoming because that's what you're saying. Right. And it's not until you want to make that you're claiming your truth, like whatever you want your truth to be. Right. You know, whether you want to be a famous baseball player or a mechanic, it doesn't matter. Whatever your truth is, you can change your life. Absolutely. And I know a lot of people say it as, Mm -hmm. you know, when you what you say is what happens Mm -hmm. and like the secret. And it is. It is. It it, it really does happen. Like, just try it. Absolutely. You don't have to make it your life, but just test it out. Right. Try it out for one week. Try it out for two weeks and see how much different you feel and the people around you. And then adapt it into your lifestyle because you'll want it. You'll want to continue it. Absolutely. I completely agree. And it's so crazy
0: to me how like people don't realize that your words create your destiny. Your words are so powerful. They're like magic. They really are. And so I have a friend who would always say, I'm broke. That's what she would always say. She'd say, I'm broke. I'm broke. And I'd be like, you need to stop saying that. Like the universe can hear you and it's going to say, well, your wish is my command. You know, and she's like, no, the universe knows I'm joking. The universe knows that I'm like, no, there is no (laughs) such thing as that. You know, it doesn't know you're joking. If you're saying something, and especially when you say I am, what comes after I am is so, so magical. Or you can either be like, you know, doing good magic or you could be cursing yourself with what you say. And so people don't realize that the power of their words are just so important. And to really be conscious of what energy you're putting out, what feelings you're putting out and what words you're putting out. How are you talking? Because that's exactly what is going to happen in your life. If you're broke, there's a chance that you know, you've know you said that in your past. But what you create today, what you're thinking today, it takes a minute for the universe to bring it into fruition. Yeah. Right. It doesn't work like that. It takes a while. So if today you're saying, I'm abundant, and you don't see it and you're like, this shit doesn't work. It's going to take a minute for the abundance <laughs> to show up. So you just, you have to be patient. Uh, and but so you
1: got to just be positive. It's absolutely. easier to be negative than to be positive. And I, it's, once you make that switch, you'll oh. notice slowly the change. And then once that change happens, it happens quicker. It quicker. Really does. It really does. Because just one thing changes and you believe And you're like, you know, everything that comes out of my mouth is going to be positive. Absolutely. Absolutely. And once you start getting to that place, like you're when you if
0: you ever accidentally say something negative, you're going to catch yourself because it's become like a pattern. You're Mm -hmm. so used to always speaking life into your world. And it's kind of like, you know, when we plant a seed, it doesn't take a day for the fruit, for the for the seed to bear fruit. If you plant like a apple seed or an orange seed, it d- doesn't take a minute. First of all, it like grows slowly, like little spurts underground. Underground, you know, and you don't see it. And then when it comes, and the you know the 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 trunk comes up, and the trees, and the branches, and the leaves, the fruit is the very last thing to come. But we'll see all that and we're like, it's not happening. It's not happening. It's not happening. And we just have to keep on mm-hmm. being patient. We just got to keep on like speaking life to it and saying it's, it's good. It's happening. I see the changes. I see the changes in my life. I know this fruit hasn't come out yet, but it will. It will because I know I planted a good seed. And so when you're planting good seeds, you have to just have the faith that the fr- you, it will bear fruit. Yeah
1: keep believing into Mm -hmm. it so it doesn't stop growing
0: absolutely you have to keep watering it you have to keep you know being good to it because if you stop watering it it's gonna die same thing if we stop like with the affirmations and if we stop doing the inner work it's gonna stop yeah it's an onward going like it's progress you have to keep going at it it's not like you do it and you stop kind of like i remember me when i was working out I was in San Francisco at the time. I hired my first personal trainer and I was like, I want my body to look this way. This is how I want my body to be. I want my waist to be really tiny and I want to be really toned and I want my arms to be like, you know, more toned and this is what I want. And I remember working with a personal trainer and it would be consistent. I would have to go consistently for at least three to four times a week. And so I went consistently three to four times a week because I was paying for this personal trainer, which was costing me so much money, which is another motivation to make me go to the gym. And then after six months, my body got there and I was like, okay, cool. I stopped paying her. You know, I was like, I got this. And I started slacking off instead of going four days a week or five days a week. I was going like two days a week. And then it went to one day a week and I was losing everything that I worked for. Like this perfect body that I had finally in my life gotten was changing again. I was losing the muscle. You know, the fat was coming back in. It was no longer looking toned. I was getting this belly every time I would eat. And I'd be like, what is going on? I worked so hard for this. Like, why is it all disappearing? And it's because I stopped being consistent. I thought like, okay, I got to this point. Now I can take a break. But you really can It's no. going to go back, you know? <laughs> same thing with our mind and same things with the things that we try to attract. And, it's a know, lifestyle. It really is. It has to be. Otherwise, you'll get it and then you'll lose it again.
1: Well, your story has been really incredible. And the era of femininity, such an inspiring story. How can someone reach out to you? How can someone contact you? Or just is your book available on Amazon? Or how does someone buy your book absolutely it's on amazon in kindle and paperback
0: and you know i would love for people to reach out to me on facebook on instagram it's alisa at alisa arvin Um, send me a dm if you have any questions or anything i'm very approachable open door policy
1: i love to hear people's feedback and everything so i appreciate the time that you took out to speak with me and sit down with me and Your story was just, I mean, I got chills. And I'm so happy that you had that strength to walk away because who knows where you would have been. And it's great to be sitting across from you, this powerful superwoman. Thank you so much, Franny. Such a pleasure to be on your show. Thank you for having me. Well, that's a wrap. I appreciate you for listening to the end. And if you enjoyed what you heard, please share with your friends and subscribe so you don't miss out on any of the upcoming episodes. Feel free to send me a message on claimingyourtruth.com or you can reach out to me on Instagram at franny nicole on the go. I appreciate you and remember, live your life in gratitude.